Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Live from the campus of Top Radio, under the direction of Guido, Scoot, and Johnson, it's the pride of podcasting. It's Got Your Ears On. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. I'm Guido along with Scoot. Let's go. And Johnson. 1-0, Guido. 1-0, baby. 1-0. West Virginia takes the win. First game of the season. Season opener. Take that, Colonels. Take that, Colonels. 56-10. to 10. And I want to tell you the most upsetting thing about this game to me. What? The Marshall fans won't shut up. Just shut up, Marshall fans. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear you. It's transitive property. Oh, my God. Marshall fans. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I Come on. Seriously. I don't Marshall really I, I know what you're talking about, but considering considering that late third quarter we were playing third stringers, like beer vendors, like anyone <laughs> right. that happened to walk by got to go Parents in. that were in the stands came down and played. Yeah. I mean, uh, come on. Come on. Really? Like we started a true we had a true freshman in at quarterback at one point, Marshall. I don't really understand this Eastern Kentucky logo. With the two lines, with the with these lines, what are these? The things? two, yeah, the the two horizontal lines. It, you know what it reminded me of, and this is just gonna sound mean, but I'm being honest. Remember back in the day when you'd play like an old Nintendo football game, and they didn't have the licensing, so they made up like logos. That's what that it reminded great. me of. Just put two lines up there to give it some flair. Like it didn't make any <laughs> like sense. What is, is that? I don't even. Yeah. So West Virginia pulls off the win, not surprisingly, against Eastern Kentucky University, fifty-six to ten. They covered the spread the spread was 40 which i did not expect them to do i'll be honest yeah i thought that that was going to be a tough spread to cover uh, I mean, they covered huge. it late that was very late yeah, that they covered it but, right um and i have to tell you so uh the most exciting really thing for me for the uh the whole game uh fairmont boy zach frazier gets in starting center for the pretty much the whole game uh pretty amazing to see him out there true freshman uh first true freshman to start at center in over 40 years yeah WB. that's amazing just in itself talk about a stat i mean that's crazy and uh and you know what's interesting is in the post-game press conference coach brown was talking about you know a lot of questions came up about him and playing and the decision to have him play and that's an important role important an important position uh you know to have a true freshman start yeah and sure. he actually he actually mentioned that during camp uh whatever it was the gold or the blue team when they were in camp that Zach Frazier was lining up every day, nose to nose with Darius Still. So I think, think that about probably, that. Yeah, that probably think about helped that. him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Scoot would want to line up every day against Darius Stills. I don't know that Darius Stills wants to line up every day against me. Because <laughs> he wouldn't, Listen. he wouldn't get any better. He'd be knocking you down every single time. Late nineties, I played a very vicious offensive line in uh, intramural flag football <laughs> yeah just knocking people right off the line I mean, exactly. pancake right the city line. knocking flags out of hip pockets it was pancake city i was blowing holes up well and guido how about just to pump up your polar bear pride here a little bit how about five polar bears i love it. suiting up saturday yeah. that's pretty cool it's awesome that makes one say what happened to you 
I did not play uh, football. Uh, they in... gen- they churn out these football players. What's going on? Yeah, like there's something in the water up there. I was not uh, a good football player. So, but in in actuality, Zach Frazier got the start because they were 11 suspended players. None were COVID related. Right. But 11 suspended players. On. And we heard about this Guido approximately 14 minutes before kickoff. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. You know, I think we were. Or at least I did. We were talking about it. TJ Simmons was one of the suspended players. And I, we were texting, the three of us were texting before the game. And TJ Simmons was on the Instagram or the Twitters or something. And he was like getting dressed. And I was like, oh, does he not? We must, he must have not known he was suspended until a half hour before the game. So, Well, and but, my understanding too, Scoot, was that apparently this was like, you know, something that happened some time ago. And they already had, you know, this was like planned. It's not was, like anyone was shocked. You know, maybe we were surprised. But as far as the known, team was I'm, concerned, I'm going to guess maybe it could have been something in the spring for all we know, really. Right. Um, that was my impression. And I would also, imagine that I was these say, also weren't all the same. These weren't all the same violation. I have a feeling this were eleven separate violations that probably caused them to miss this. Well, this and also game. interesting is that they were suspended, yet they were in street clothes with their jerseys on on the sideline. So what, it was which, like like T.J. Simmons was on the sideline, just not in pads. He was wearing his jersey, but just hanging out in shorts and his jersey. Yeah, I'm sure it was for something along the lines of missing a practice, showing or study up hall or something, league. or yeah, yeah, study hall, something. Well, they were quick to say it's non-COVID related, but they I were very quick. To say I was that. suspicious of that, but I don't um, know. But so let's 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 just jump off and talk about the game right away, guys, and probably the standout, a little bit of the shocker, especially in the first quarter. Letty Brown looked looked good yeah he came out just he came out sizzling early i mean he he had a rushing touchdown and a a receiving touchdown i think by the second quarter so he he was really playing well and i thought you know he was actually getting some room to run i mean i know it was eastern kentucky but he actually had you know lanes to hit and holes to run through which was nice to see for a change he finishes with 123 yards on 10 attempts two touchdowns uh rushing one touchdown for 15 yards receiving. So three touchdowns in total for him. A great a great sort of beginning way to start off the season. Definitely looks like the number one back, at least, to start with. Yeah, and I think to his credit, uh, Alex Sinkfield was also running the ball really well. So I you know, I like the notion that I think I think I agree with you. Letty's the the number one, but Sinkfield played really well too. Well, and I think that's the crazy thing is Sinkfield and Letty Brown had identical stats. They both ran for 123 <laughs> right. yards and two touchdowns. So. Crazy. So here's a question, and I here I'm coming in. This is like complete. It's like opposite year. Okay, okay. All right. it's clearly 2020. I'm being optimistic. You're saying I'm going to come in and say okay. So Letty Brown ran really well. Alex Sinkfield ran really well. We know what our offensive line and what our running game was like last year. Is it that we are that much improved, or is this just more of a testament as to how bad Eastern Kentucky's defensive line, you know, linebacking core, like, is it is it more so that they're really, really bad against the run because you've got two guys running for over 100? I'm going to give you a very unsatisfactory answer and say it's a little bit of both, I think. I mean, look, Eastern Kentucky was probably one of the worst teams we've faced in a long, long time. I mean, right. honestly. Um, yeah. They're not the normal FCS team if you think about, you know, Georgia Southern, JMU, these teams that come in. I'm usually kind of, 
like, yeah, these, these teams make noise in FCS. EKU is not a team like that. But at the same time, I think we know they've been happy with the offensive line play. Those guys are probably a little bit more on the same page. And Letty Brown and Alex Sinkfield have a year under their belt too to, to mature on. So I'd, I'd say it's a little bit of both. I'm hoping, though, that it parlays into better play against better competition skewed i think uh, i'm with you johnson like i think it's definitely a little bit of both i mean eku is nobody to you know write home or be worried about um but i think that this is also in a lot of ways the start that i think we needed to help help this team really get their feet under themselves it's certainly a confidence builder yeah yeah oklahoma state in two weeks is is going to be a much more difficult game you're going to be playing a much higher level of recruits in, you know, from, from defensive line all the way to the secondary. Um, we'll, we'll see a little bit, we'll get a little bit better of the story during that game, but I think it was good to have this start where we looked good. I think they felt good. I think it was, you know, I mean, we talked about before we got on, we talked about Letty Brown's comments and the post in the post game press conference. He said he was happy with the fat boys. Yeah. He was happy with the fat boys talking about the O line, um, I think it builds that getting that built into this team and trying to do a lot of the things that Neil Brown's been trying to do. And let's be honest, Neil Brown has been for WVU fans. Neil Brown has been given a gift like this season, albeit crazy and no fans and nobody's going to be able to probably go to a game and it's going to feel weird. It's a gift because you have all of these guys that are going to be able to play and not lose eligibility it's basically year 1.2 for Neil Brown. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. That's it, unique. It, I I don't think I'm I don't think, you know, I'm that worried about it at this point. I will tell you that um in a lot of ways, I think Letty Brown looked better than Alex Sinkfield. Uh I mean, there was the little bit of issue for the putt return for Alex Sinkfield. Uh you know, I mean, you know, when you talk about think about this. Last year, West Virginia averaged 2.3 yards a carry, right? That was their average last year. To, uh, this week, this weekend's total was six point five yards a carry. Letty Brown had tw- was twelve point three, and Alex Sinkfield was eight point two. Well, and wasn't there some kind of crazy stat I read that like the so Saturday's game was essentially like thirty five percent of the total rushing yards that we had all of last year? It was. We had we had last year just barely over a thousand rushing yards. We had 329 this weekend. But, so, Scoot, the, the one thing I would – There's nowhere to go but up, Scoot. That's what all I'm saying. Well, and, and the one thing I would add, Scoot, to that kind of fence, you know, straddling the fence answer I gave you, I think anything that went out wide Saturday with running plays didn't look so hot. Anything kind of between the ta- – this is me talking like I know what I'm talking about. But anything between the tackles to me looked a lot better. And so – that was just simply because physics, right? We're just able to push Eastern Kentucky off the line of scrimmage. So my fear right. then is when you get against better Big 12 competition, guys that you can't just push off the line, yeah, we're probably going to see a, a lot different story. But well, I'm hoping, th- though, it's it's a better, you know, better than last season. I think I'm going to reserve my, I guess, judgment on whether or not the running game looks better because I really don't know that it does. I I just think – you know, for us to to see what we saw last year, and then obviously this is complete opposite. We got a third of the rushing yards yeah, that we had right. in one game right. all of last season, right. and right. two guys ran for over a hundred yards, not just one. Like it wasn't like like to me that's like <laughs> video game type stuff. So your takeaway is more, wow, EKU sucks. Yeah, like, I, than... I mean, I. 
I don't know that I was, and I watched the game, and I don't know that I was like, wow, man, our running backs are phenomenal. It was more like, holy crap, that's a wide hole. I think I could run through that. And yeah, well, so we'll see, but I, I'm trying to be optimistic. I think it has to be better, and I think it, the fact that Coach Brown coming in was so um, – what am I trying to say, Guido? So high on the, you know, so congratulatory of the strides the offensive line has made. I'm trying to be optimistic on it. But you're right, Scoot. I think we'll, we'll see against better competition. Well, and, and Eastern Kentucky kind of also had that feel of, and we've all seen teams, whether it be football, basketball, uh, any sport really, that is not a great team. Once that first series happened for WVU, it's for the Eastern Kentucky guys, it's like, all right, hang on. Let's see how bad this one's going to be. Like, right. so all of a and sudden I, the play is not near as inspired. Right, and and this and the stats show that. I mean, like if you look down the the team comparison stat lines, it's kind of like, who did we play? Like, I honestly think Martinsburg might have been a better matchup for us <laughs> than than Eastern <laughs> Kentucky. I mean, uh, we had 31 first downs, they had nine. We had 329 rushing yards, they had 75. We had 295 passing yards, they had 131. So, you know, total offensive yards, we had 624, they had 206. So, yeah, it wasn't much of a of a match, I guess. You know, it wasn't much of a test. But sticking with the offensive line, Scooty, you know, you prior to this weekend, this past weekend, you you were very hot on this whole quarterback situation. Jared Daigie got announced as starter. Yes, I'm still there. And so Daigie this weekend, not bad. 19 for 25 for 280 or 228 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, 32-yard long um, pass with Reese Smith there. Or, I'm sorry, with Sam James for that touchdown pass. Um, you know, where do you stand after? Then you saw Austin Kendall come in in the second half, and we saw Garrett Green a little bit in the third in the third quarter. All right. Or fourth quarter. Where, where were you Where are you on this? All right, here's, here's where I stand, and you guys can uh, do what you want with this hot take. All right, so I thought Deggie looked okay. I mean, he wasn't, like, setting the world on fire. He didn't seem to... I thought he and Bryce Ford Wheaton really connected better than he and Sam James. I felt like Sam James was kind of uh, not an afterthought, but uh, kind of a, a ghost at times, whereas Ford Wheaton looked big, looked strong, caught well, caught in traffic, had some speed upfield. I, I was really impressed with him. I would agree with that, yeah. Austin Kendall, the Floats McGoats, was a little bit back. Uh he looks, and I think Johnson put this in our show note, uh, he looked kind of like a guy that was thinking about what he was going to eat for the postgame meal, more so than like, hey, this is my chance to to maybe take the job back. For Can I just interject, Scoot? My no. thought, for as, for as little as Austin Kendall appeared to have wanted to be there Saturday, Garrett Green appeared to have really wanted to like talk about two ends of the energy spectrum. Right. And yeah. I'll okay, so going into that fourth quarter then, and this is a hot take that you may not like. Hot take alert. I like Garrett Green. I like Garrett I like Green. Garrett Green too. I like the energy. I like the smack talk. I like yeah. all of it. I knew he was I knew Scoot I'm was with gonna you. say that. Like I, I honestly think Garrett Green's the number two right now. I, after watching this weekend, I want Garrett Green. Well that's to be the intriguing two. thing, right? Do you what so does that make you think that 
Garrett Green gets in there late, like, hey, let's let's feel this out a little bit. And here's the great thing about it. Garrett Green, like, let's let's take everything else aside. In two years, Garrett Green is going to be our starting star quarterback. I, I just see it. It's coming. But but here's the thing. No matter what happens as you know, he could he could take us to the national championship in, in two or three years. Every clip they are going to show is that first play he gets in and gets slammed onto the ground. Like, welcome, welcome, welcome to D one football, boy. Here's bam. Here's, I like. So I think he's got a strong connection with Reese Smith. I, I I imagine I'm just speculating, but they're probably roommates. A lot of times you see those two guys. They kind of came. They kind of got recruited similar time frame. Um, probably had campus visits. Similar time frame. So right. a lot of times you end up being roommates with those guys. So I've got a feeling like they probably are roommates or they have a friendship off the field because they, they seem to connect really well on a couple of those pass plays. Well, I, I was surprised at how low energy Austin Kendall looked. I mean, I know he has to be disappointed, but honestly, he just looked like he'd rather be at his dentist appointment than be in the <laughs> game. And then Although, so I'll give Scoot this, okay? Because Scoot does these kind of comments just to try to get under my skin. So I'll give Scoot, like, I'd rather with Garrett Green have to talk him down a little bit. Like, at one point, Coach Brown pulled him over and was like, hey, shut up. You know, like, because he he looked like a jack wagon talking smack to, like, these guys that just happened to find jerseys with EKU on him and played some football, right? <laughs> he's like flexing and stepping over a guy when he's down and I stuff. like listen, that guy was hit him dirty. But, I, but I'd rather I'd I'd rather have that guy that I have to be like, hey, just, you know, cool cool that down a little bit. Let's concentrate and focus. You know, well, rather than go out to Austin Kendall and be like, hey, hey buddy, what's bothering you today? You know, like right. so I can easily see Garrett Green working into the number two if that's the energy level comparison. My only see. concern with Garrett Green, I have one concern. None of it is his mouth. None of it is, I thought he ran really well for a quarterback. Yeah. I think he's Well you can tell he's an athlete. I mean he's he's got he's got skills. What do you think my one concern is with him? His hair. No, his hair is pretty good. I think I think he's got good hair. Oh, I thought you were gonna go the hair route. Um, actually, I don't know, Scoot. I don't know what to pick at. His height. He's not exceptionally tall. He's they list him at five eleven. Yeah, he's not. That's true. He listen. So where's he from? Anybody know where he's from? Uh, is he not from? He's not from. He's from the south. He's from Tuscaloosa. Yes. I mean, I think he would be playing in Bryant Denny Stadium if he was like six if, two, six three. Yeah. If he was probably three inches taller. Yeah. No, I I agree with that, Scoot. I mean, but I don't think that holds him back, though. I mean, I think he can still do it. No, I I do. It gives me like I don't want to say anxiety, but it gives me like uh, a bit of a Skyler Howard like. Eh, yeah, is he well, gonna, that's who you think of. Yeah, that's who you, know, you think of. And he's taller than Skyler Howard, but you can you can tell. I mean, Skyler Howard was like five foot six. I mean, like I get worried because I do think that. Neil Brown's done a pretty good job of bringing in new offensive line recruits. And I think that the offensive line does look better. And when you bring in bigger guys, which I think is what they're starting, you're starting to see some of these bigger guys get recruited. Like that makes it that much tougher for him to see. Right. So I do hope like, I mean, if, if they run him like they kind of ran him. And I think some of that is because he's a freshman quarterback in there and they're trying not to let him get killed. Uh, as far as sitting back there and trying to pass, and they were up big. Yeah, right. You're not you're not really throwing. Right. At that but point. if if they let him and they throw some run 
schemes in there with him. I think they can offset some of the, the height issue that I have with them. Like they care what I think, but, um, that, that is my only concern. I would make him number two right now. I would tell Austin Kendall, you can hold the clipboard or you can go eat sandwiches. I don't really care if you're going to come in like, you know, if you're going to come in kind of with like a flat attitude, like this is your chance, man. Right. You know, you, you got an opportunity to play in the second half in a game that you might not have gotten an opportunity to play at all in. Do something with it. Instead well, and of, my thought was, I know it's Eastern Kentucky. I know you're up by a couple touchdowns at that point, but go out and be solid and remind people you're solid. You know what I mean? Like go go out and have energy and, and just be solid and then keep keep everyone keep, you know, you in the back of everyone's mind. To me, he would have better he would have been better off just not going in there Saturday for as flat as he looked. Yeah, I agree. He he still was playing with some of the ones too. I mean, oh yeah, it yeah. wasn't like it right. wasn't like he was getting the bottom of the barrel. I mean, he he just doesn't look like a guy that commanded the number one spot last year, right? So you would think that okay, he's got maybe a chip on his shoulder now, even more so than he had. Like, I feel like he's should have a permanent chip on his shoulder the way he's probably feels he's been handled his entire college career, right? Almost constantly the backup. Well, I mean, that would do it to you, yeah, right. sure. You know, I, I mean, I'm not saying I don't get yeah. it, but I mean, and he's there now, and he's not going anywhere. I mean, he's not there. Here's the thing: it's it, he's going to be the backup. He's the backup. He, it's unfortunate for him, but and uh, I honestly think that at this point in the season, unless something tragic happens to Jarrett Dagey, I don't see him playing much after this past weekend. You know, right? Um, so I agree with you. I mean, I, I I'm happy with Dagey. I think that we. You know, I think Deggy looked good. I think he looked um, he looked energetic. I think the team looked energetic around him. The I mean, he threw. We had 10, 10 people caught passes, and f- half of which caught multiple. You know, had multiple uh, receptions. So, I mean, I think the wide receiver core looks strong this year. I think quarterback looks strong. I think O line looked better. It's hard to tell against a team like EKU, but I yeah. think O line looked better. Yeah. Let's let's switch over to the other side of the ball and talk a little bit about defense, guys. There were parts of this game that I was like, man, the defense looks like they're playing really well. And then there were parts of this game where I was like, man, they should really be playing better. Like, I really – I'm not – I was actually – I'm more worried right now as we stand about the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball. Well, I think it's a generic comment, Guido. I don't really have more detail to add, but my general feeling was just about the defensive secondary – um, I just felt if you if you think about so before halftime, maybe midway to late second quarter, EKU got a little bit of energy on some quarterback runs and then they burned us with a really long touchdown pass where we just kind of looked lost. And then there were other times where I felt like receivers were catching the ball and it took a Mississippi or two count for a WVU defender to get into the to the picture. So. I, you know, again, I don't know how much you learn from games like this. You know, maybe he was still moving people around and, and I know, you know, they've, they've got some younger guys on defense, but still I, my thing, you know, I guess my cynical side kicked in and I was like, whoa, is there some, some, you know, some soft spots in this, in this secondary. And I think what makes me worry is just cause we know how teams in the conference wing the ball around. So, um, well, and I'm, I'm with you on that. Here's, here's a couple things to think about. Like, so, um, and then we'll talk about the good things. Let's start with the bad, and then we'll talk about the good things. So the, I, I was a little upset. We got burnt a couple of times downfield. And and granted, it was probably only two or three times, but against a team like EKU, it should have been zero. 
And I, I think that's what I was thinking too. It was more like, I feel like that shouldn't be happening against this team. And then looking at the defensive interior and, and I guess if we, I'm going to tell you a stat. And if we were playing Oklahoma or we were playing Baylor or any of the other teams in our conference, with the exception of maybe, you know, Kansas, um, I, I, I would be happy with this stat. I think for this game, I'm not four sacks for 21 yard losses People who so Vandarius Cowan's sack looked great. Yeah, it was a three yard loss, but it was he it, the way he broke through. Yeah, looked great. I agree. Um, you know there were a couple other sacks in there. One person uh, who didn't make the you know Mesidor had a great sack. One person who didn't make the stat line at all, guys. I'm not saying this is a thing, but again, it's EKU. Darius Stills, nothing on the stat line. Yeah, and I I thought about that too, but you know, probably I didn't pay attention to it enough, but I'm sure they had people, you know, trying to focus on both of the Stills brothers not beating them up, and that's why other people probably had some opportunities. But I, I tend to agree with you on that, Guida. You know, Dante had one tackle for a loss, uh, one and a half tackle for a loss for three yards. Well, and you know that it, it bothered Darius because he tweeted about it. I saw yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah he said I, saw that. I will be better. So it's probably frustrating, but like he said, all of the attention is on him. Yeah, that's my It's feeling. going to allow, which is, you're going to see Akeem Mesador and you're going to see um, – his brother Dante probably excel, and then um, Pooler also does did well. So you're going to see some of those guys. And uh, Guido, the other thing too. I mean, here I am trying to pick a negative on the secondary, and then you have a die making a top ten, you know, ESPN top ten play interception that was magnificent. So great interception. I mean, that's probably more me picking at them than anything else. I think I just worry about the way we know offenses are going to wing the ball around. I'd like to just make sure we have confidence in those guys can i ask you a question that's somewhat related to the football game and the covid okay okay uh let's talk about the man trip okay okay did you see any photos i saw a photo i think or or tweet or something with with coach brown rubbing the the coal yeah the coal like, yeah. is that advisable during this uh, kind of time like, do they going. do they sanitize they the coal block are they wearing gloves no i mean I don't know. Is that something we still do? Does someone run up and wipe the coal off before the next touch? Maybe that's what I'm saying. Like, do you like what happens when you put like Lysol on coal? I don't even know. Well, think of it. Think of it this way. Think about the procedures of it, guys. So how this is going to work all season long. This is this is every game is Friday morning. Every player, every staff, every staff member is getting tested, is getting COVID tested Friday morning. They get those results by Friday evening for the Saturday game. So obviously, if if they have a positive, if somebody is they're they're either kicked, you know, they either kicked out or if they have more than a certain number of positives, they're not going to play a game. So I would say, Scoot, as much as you're worried about it, I think it was probably fairly safe for them to all rub the lump of coal, if you will. Safe man um, trip, Scoot. Safe man trip. The um, other thing I wanted, what was so speaking about things that the players and the teams went. What was with the uh, Juice Squad signs? Did you guys see those, the Juice Squad and Get Juiced Up? They were all holding these signs? No, I didn't pick up on this, so I, yeah, I don't they, know. They, they, they're holding they, – the, and I don't know if it's how they're calling plays in or what it's about, but there's signs on the sidelines that they that I saw a couple of times that are like, Get Juiced Up or Juice Squad and all this stuff. But is that kind of like, a, uh, you know, designated hype guys? Like – 
There's no crowd know. to hype you yeah, up. Yeah, it wasn't. So maybe it wasn't players. It definitely squad. looked like. Yeah, it definitely looked like the uh, either coaches or some assistants, grad assistants, like Tal Cobras, squads. but they were the yes. Juice Squad. They were the Juice Squad. We got Tal Cobras. We got Juice Squad. Like they weren't I mean, uh, with blenders on the sideline, were they? <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, know. Maybe like they were making Jack Lalane uh, energy <laughs> drinks with the uh, fruit. <laughs> maybe. He's like, maybe here, this is gonna help. It's, what did you guys? How did you guys feel about watching the game with no fans in the stands? It was definitely odd. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I would almost rather no fake crowd noise. Okay. I would almost rather be able to hear what the players are saying. I know that that might not be great for the uh, the 17 and under crowd because you never know what you're going to hear. I'd almost rather hear players mic'd up and hear more game sound than hear fan sound because the fan sound is like goofy well we we definitely heard some hot mic action though. we heard some hot mic action we definitely heard some hot mic action from the eku coach and scoot the eku head coach he had a bit of jim levitt to him do you agree he did a little bit yes um he also i felt like was barking up the wrong tree most of the time like here's the deal buddy a lot of it's not the officiating. It's your team is not good. So why don't we spend some of that energy and re-recruit, recruit better, you know, teach better. I don't know, right. but some of your issue is not the officials. Well, maybe yeah. that's what he was saying. We just couldn't hear that part. Like, look, dude, my team already sucks. Can you not call these penalties? And, and like, that's what I don't get. Those guys, they want to, like, bark at the officials. You've been beaten like a drum two straight <laughs> weeks by two teams from West Virginia. Like, and one of them, not a power five. Like it's, it's not, it's not us. It's you. That's the problem. Well, I thought that it was interesting to, to see, especially when they did the wide angle shots with nobody in the stands, the official attendance, in case you were wondering, there was an official attendance number. They let family some. Uh, they let players' family in there. Well, Guido, at first, I was actually surprised when they the game came on. You could see quite a bit of people. Well, I'm saying quite a bit, but you know, I was expecting zero, and you had group of pe- you know group of people around the midfield area. I guess they said that was uh, staff members, family, folks like that. Yeah, staff members, family. Official attendance was 976 attendants. <laughs> that's <laughs> actually way more than I would think. Yeah, that's actually a bigger like, number I than was, I would I think. I thought you were going to say like 200. Yeah. Well, it's funny. So I'm, I'm friends with the Frazier family. And um, so they posted some pictures of them watching the game. And it was super interesting to just see – you know, you know, like when people we've done it before. We take cell phone pictures of the stadium. Sure, and you see yeah. The stadium. It was like them taking a cell phone picture of the stadium, and it was like four people over here in front of them, and like two people down here, and then like empty on the student section side. So it was very strange. Well, I loved people on Twitter running with the student sections empty. Yeah. Comments like they should give those tickets to paying. Wah, wah, like that that whole running thing that did make me laugh. I have to admit. But. But, um, yeah, so it was interesting. I do. I, I will say, Scoot, I know you missed Charles Hayes doing some dancing in the stands. Yeah, you know, I bet he was dancing at home, though. I'm surprised he didn't somehow, like, uh, go Facebook Live or something with some of his dances. What What other uh, – so other quick takeaways, any guy – you know, special teams? Yeah, I mean, know. I had my same level of, oh, boy, special teams. Well, here, let's – an area of concern – 
Evan Staley's got a 25-yard field goal, and he somehow pushes it right. Yeah. Yes. Which foot do you want me to kick with, Neil? I can do it. <laughs> Come on. I've, I've been calling you out, son. I can kick either foot 25 yards out. Well, I that did make me raise my eyebrows. So like, I, we're, I mean, I get it. It's a th- kind of a throwaway three points at this point in the game, but that could become a very important three points in a game, you know? So I Oh, mean, sure, yeah. Sure. I will say Tyler Sumter started off pretty well this season, even though he only had uh, two punts but they were both for about 55 yards. So that's a good way to start your average uh, for the year. And Sinkfield also, so on on kick returns, I think early, um, to his credit, the rest of the day I think was clean. But Alex Sinkfield had almost, he almost lost one early. I think he dove back on it. But Yeah, so special teams, again, it just always seems like every year we just can't get it together. It's always special teams as this concern. I'm kind of with Scoot that it makes me wonder if, you know, if that's something that continues, is that something that makes Gerard Parker um, – see, now I just call him Gerard because I just I just like it more. <laughs> Gerard, but I wonder Gerard, if Jared Parker yeah. gets later in the season and he's like, you know what, I'm going for it because I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I like this length of a field goal. You know, it makes me just right. wonder about that stuff. So I guess we'll see. I mean, hopefully that was just a one-off thing Saturday. So in good news, guys, after the weekend of college football, 247 Sports came out with their super ridiculously, I doubt we're going to play any, but here's some early bowl predictions for you. Uh, West Virginia right now picked to go to the Cheez-It Bowl and play against Virginia Tech. Yeah, I saw that. Of course. Why wouldn't we go to a bowl after, you know, the Cheez-It Bowl? We love Cheez-Its. The Cheez-It Bowl. What are your favorite Cheez-Its? I would submit Duo's Parmesan. I do like a Parmesan. I also like a white cheddar. Yeah. I like a white cheddar grooves. White cheddar grooves. Look, you're already behind this bowl, and it's not even remotely official. Like, it, it hurts me year in and year out to root to go to some ridiculous product. And a bowl after the, you know, the word bowl after it, you know, like the turtle wax bowl or something like, like, <laughs> can we not go to like one of the premier bowls? Can we not try to go to like a cotton bowl, a sugar? I know some of the, I mean, we're trying conferences have yeah, you I mean, know, that's affiliations. The goal. I get it. The conferences have affiliations with some of these things. I mean, that's but, the goal. There is no bulletin board with a cheese it bowl thing. Hey, Pac-12 is not it. playing. Can we please go to the Rose Bowl? Right. I mean, come on. Let us go to one of these big name bowls. Instead, we're going to go to the uh, Flex Seal Billy Mays Bowl. Like, come on. Here's the thing I don't get. We're picked to go to the Cheez It Bowl with Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech hasn't even played a game yet. Their game against UVA was canceled because they've got an outbreak of COVID yeah, on the Virginia Tech staff. Isn't that kind of par for the course with Tech, though? They're probably also ranked in the top 15. I mean, in looking at the. So, Johnson, just a real quick buzz through the Big 12 weekend. That oh, we yeah. Had. Let's we, talk about that wonderful Saturday. We, we won. Nobody else seemed to want to win this <laughs> no weekend. No one else wanted to do anything. So, Iowa State lost to Louisiana 31 to 14. Which no, I was gonna say Iowa State number twenty three ranked Iowa State lost to the Raging Cajuns. Yeah, to Listen. the Raging Cajuns, and so thirty one to fourteen. And at first, I was like, well, you know, I was trying to think back. Like Louisiana, I think was eleven and three last year, and then I was like, okay, but two of those losses were to App State. I think the other one was, uh, I think they played an SEC team and they lost to. But then, then you you just look at. 31 to 14 they're not supposed to roll into Ames and go 31 to 14 and I thought Brock Purdy who we we've been hearing all these wonderful preseason things about he actually he didn't look very good 16 to 35 he didn't look very 
Purdy. Purdy, if you will. He threw Purdy. an interception. <laughs> it cha- This loss, though, changes my outlook on things, Guido, I have mm-hmm. to say. Cause, and let's, so, and uh, to support that, Kansas State follows that up with a loss to Arkansas State, 35-31. If that wasn't bad, if that sentence wasn't bad enough for you, then also know that Arkansas State was without 20 players for this game, including eight of their starters. I know. It's ridiculous. I mean... Here, here's the thing, Johnson, that we we all have got to keep in the back of our minds, which is, you know, things are a little different this year, and and camp was a little different for all these teams, so maybe that's part of it. But that would, I feel like, again, we put up a decent showing against EKU. These even Texas Tech had problems with Houston Baptist University, which I didn't even know existed. Who I can only imagine is a vacation Bible school that decided to have football <laughs> as one of their activities well, for the week. What is going on here? And, and I, I read know. somewhere that Houston Baptist, whatever, university, one, they have bleachers on one side of their stadium and a CVS on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, so if you if you finish out with Kansas getting just drilled by the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina, then you start to not feel so bad about a big, big fifty six no. to ten win over EKU. I'm no, I'm actually I mean, very we look, satisfied. We look good. I mean, other than Oklahoma played uh, played Missouri State and beat the pants off of them forty eight to nothing. And I have to tell you, first of all, two things. One is uh, maybe the best quarterback name in the big 12 right now is Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler. That's a great name for a quarterback. That is a great name. I love that name. Redshirt freshman for Oklahoma too is he's the real deal. He looks good. Another great Oklahoma quarterback. Makes me want to puke. Enough. Uh, I know. Enough with these I people. Know. Well, like, I think Texas handled UTEP. If I'm remembering correctly, Guido, I don't think Baylor played. I think their game Baylor was didn't. canceled. That game got canceled or postponed. So it's it was an interesting weekend to say the least uh, for all of us Big Twelve fans. So before we, I know we're I know we're going a little bit long here, Guido, but just really really fast. So last week we all put in our thoughts about win loss and all that kind of stuff. Does this Saturday? I I don't know that you learn a whole lot from EKU, but EKU paired with this rundown of weird losses by teams. Does that give you? Um, I, I, I so I was five and five uh last week i might be six and four now uh i might i had us losing iowa state i thought iowa state was going to be a better team me too me too and they still might be right so i'm gonna hold sure you know i'll stick with my five and five yeah and it doesn't mean like any of these teams go on to have a season based on that first game but i think it pushes me toward the more of the six and four than maybe i was i i was four and six i am maybe more maybe more five and five but i'm still like waiting to see how many guys get suspended or how many people are out each week and you know week in week out right wvu i don't know can sustain you know if there's multiple guys out for some reason i don't know that that will bode well against some of those teams i don't know we'll just have to see but we'll have to see i will say one thing and then we'll go to a break uh there is one 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 group that looked really bad this weekend. Okay, uh, when you look at everything, and it's that was the Big Ten. Oh, the Big yes. Ten looked horrible yeah, this weekend. They, it was a way. bad bad look for them. Now they're talking about trying to play in October. They're all of a sudden the Big Ten's like, oh, 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 wait, everybody else playing football? We should do. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that they're supposed to be moving toward a right. vote. It'll be interesting to see how long of a season they get and and. 
you know, do these other conferences band together and say, we're going to play, you know, new, new year's Eve. We're going to play, you know, that first, second week of January, regardless of where you guys are at in your seasons. We'll see what happens. It's, it, it'll be interesting. Well, listen, let's take a break. We'll come back with everybody's favorite game show on a podcast about WVU sports. That's Bluff the Fluffs. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortec Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortecKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortec, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortec Knives. This is Josh Grout, and you're listening to Got Your Ears On. All right, welcome back to Got Your Ears On, Guido, along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, find us on the social medias. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also look for us on Facebook, Got Your Ears On. Guys, it's time for everybody's favorite game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. Boys, are you excited? Johnson, you have a commanding lead right now, 9-5 to five over Scoot. Scoot came back, then you pulled away again. Well, I'm a little bit nervous because on the Zoom call, Scoot just put glasses on. And I feel I like he's that's a sign of like he's getting serious, like he's taking this serious. I've changed things up. I have changed things At up. At the same time, though, I also just noticed his Zoom name is Boner Stabone <laughs> for this call. And I'm very distracted by that because that's a Growing Pains reference, and it's very funny. Well, and here's the thing, Scoot. Uh, you'll be very happy this week. I'm I'm sorry, Johnson. This this week is it, – it might be a little heavily favored to Scoot. I feel like this is actually a topic that Scooty might be able to pull off a win with. Uh-oh. TV-based. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Right, wait. Yeah, on top of that. But we've got to keep it, you know, we're a sports podcast. We talk about sports. We have to try to keep it in the sports realm. And, uh, Scoot, you used to uh, work in the television industry a little That's bit. correct. That is correct. You worked You worked for the company that we're going to be talking about tonight. We're uh, The worldwide leader. We are talking about, these are some questions about the worldwide leader in sports, ESPN, a little bit of ESPN history right here. Wow, okay. You. So All you're right. talking about some of my coworkers from the past. Maybe. Maybe some of your coworkers, okay. and I, and I feel like Scoot, you in your lifetime, you've spent a lot of time watching ESPN. That's correct. Right? That is correct. Yeah, so I feel like you have a distinct advantage. This I've got a sh- I've got a chance here, Scoot. Maybe. Just anecdotally, were you ever like walking down a hall and like Chris Berman walked the other way down the hall? Yeah, or? I mean that that kind of stuff happened actually weekly, maybe if not daily. Um, in in my area i mean i was kind of low man on the totem pole but there was a lot of sharing of elevators with people you see on tv or you know just right yeah some cool. passing they call you? Trees. did you have a nickname did uh you have a nickname the big deal they called me the big deal <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure that's not what they called you they said hey kid get me a coffee yeah uh, they <laughs> i wouldn't even they'd ask somebody above me to get the coffee i was <laughs> below that guy <laughs> That guy would tell you. The guy they told to get the coffee would tell you to get the coffee. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, All right. So this week, uh, we're doing all stuff about ESPN, the history of ESPN. Guys, as always, uh, uh, correct answer is worth 
five points. A steal is worth 10 points. And final bluff is worth 25 points. Before we started tonight, we had a complete and total random flip of the coin. And Johnson, you get to go first yes. this week. Oh, my God. Right. Sweet. Super, super exciting. So first question is to you, Johnson. All of these, again, multiple choice. Okay. ESPN started broadcasting College Game Day in 1993 outside of stadiums. What was the first stadium that ESPN broadcasted College Game Day out of, outside of? Was it Beaver Stadium for Penn State, the Big House, Michigan, Notre Dame Stadium, or Bryant-Denny Stadium in, for Alabama? Wow. I, don't, I feel like I should know this. I don't. I'm going to go with the Big House. Ooh. Sorry, that's incorrect. Scoot, for 10 points in the steal. Uh, I'm going to go with America's team. That would be Notre Dame. That's correct. 10 points for Scooty and the Steel. 1993, they broadcast outside for the first time in front of a college stadium and fans at Notre Dame. My stadium. aversion to Notre Dame keeps me from selecting them as a possible answer. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> just, I'm just putting that out there. I get it. It's okay. I like how Guido was very dismissive of that. Okay, great. Moving on. Okay, great. Uh, you hate Notre Dame. I okay. thought maybe that would earn me some, I don't know, goodwill. It did not. Okay. No. As you were. Okay, moving on. Let's see if Scoot can get this question right. Uh, Scooty, Aaron Sorkin's 1990s sitcom Sports Night was based on the relationship of which two ESPN sports anchors? Was it? Chris Berman and Bob Lay, Keith Oberman and Dan Patrick, Kenny May and Stuart Scott, or Craig Kilborn and Robin Roberts. Who was the second pairing, Keith Oberman and Dan Patrick? That is my answer. That's correct. Aaron Sorkin's 90s sitcom Sports Night was based on the relationship between Keith Oberman and Dan Patrick. Skewed, have you seen that? Um... I vaguely remember it. I vaguely remember it. Two seasons. But just thinking of the '90s, those are that's the pairing. Yeah, I think that is is most likely to stick out in people's minds. I agree too. Berman and Lee have been there for a long time, but you don't think of them, right? And Stuart Scott and well, Kenny Mayne. Olbermann and Patrick were like the guys that kind of popularized. I feel like they. I mean, a lot of those guys are awesome. They're the they, ones they that they brought kinda, the humor. Yeah, to humor. Yeah. The, yeah, to Sports Center. Yeah. All right, Johnson. Scoot has a huge lead over. Yeah, you I got to right make now. up some ground here. To nothing. You got to make up some ground here. In 1979, when ESPN premiered, the first live sport that they played was this: was it a slow pitch softball, b flag football, c soccer, or d badminton? Oh my gosh. Four terrible choices. <laughs> Which one do I go with? Scoot. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go softball. That's correct. Wow. They broadcast the World Series of Slow Pitch male men's slow pitch softball between the Milwaukee Schlitz and the Kentucky Bourbon. Oh, that's a great team name. What a great team name. Yeah, it was the first live sporting event ever broadcast on espn all right 15 to 5 scoot you still have the lead and this question is back to you in 1979 bill rasmussen the founder of espn by the way was fired from his job with which of these professional sports teams before he started at espn was it the new england patriots the hartford whalers the new york yankees 
or the Hartford Wolfpack? It was the Hartford Whalers. That's correct. He was in the sports information division of the Hartford Whalers, right? And he got fired. All right, Scoot, you still have a pretty commanding lead, 20-5 to over Johnson. And Johnson, this question goes back to you. ESPN premiered on September 7th, 1979 with SportsCenter, their very first show they ever had. Who anchored, who were the first two anchors to appear on ESPN? Was it Chris Berman and Bob Lay? Was it Lee Leonard and George Grand? Was it Greg Gumbel and Tom Mays? Or Dan Patrick and Keith Oberman? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Berman and Lay. That's incorrect. Scooty, back to you. It, uh, well, little known fact, George Grand and uh, Lee Leonard were the first SportsCenter anchors. That's correct. Ten points and the steal. Good job, Scooty. Why am I what feeling the, like the I'm, first... I'm getting totally sharked tonight? No, no. Like, I just, yeah, this, is... this is just a let's get Scoot back in the fold here. TV and sports set of is questions. me. Listen, you win the coin toss. Every stinking time. It's about time karma comes around. Yeah, but you know what? The coin toss just gives you the early steal. It's not an advantage. It feels like an advantage. I mean, are you going to ask you about, like, what bathroom he preferred at ESPN (laughs) while working there? And I have to guess that or something? Like, It was the one attached to the locker room. (laughs) Scoot has a lead 30 to 5 right now over Johnson. Johnson, this question's for you right before uh, we go to final. Uh, bluff here. Um, I'm sorry. No, this question's for you, Scoot. Oh, yes, I yes, apologize. Yes, sorry. Scoot, this question's for you before we go to final bluff. You get a 30 to 5 lead. Back to you. ESPN2 was created in which year? 1989, 1997, 1993, or 1985? That's a tricky question, Guido. That is a tricky question. Uh, my, oh my, okay. So, okay. I'm going to, uh, I don't want to talk this one out too much because it's going to help Johnson. This is what the tough part is. Uh, I am going to, I know it's down. I've got it narrowed down to two. I am going to say it was 1997. Uh, That's in Johnson it is the other one. 10 points in the steal. You really could use this right now. 89, 93, or 85. Well, it's definitely a product of the 90s. I think that's what Scoot's debating. So I'm going to go with 1993 then. That's correct. 1993 ESPN 2 premiered. Actually, with Dan Patrick had his own show. I think that was one uh, of those called like Sports Sports Evening or something like that. They called it like that, the Deuce it for a long time. And they called it the Deuce for a long time. So, all right. Nice steal there, Johnson. 15 points now. With uh, so you're you're just behind Scooty, but you could win on final bluff. So this really puts Scoot back up against the wall here. He really needs to get this question right. As always, final bluff is worth twenty five points. Scoot, we always have a buzzer. What's your buzzer this week? Uh, okay, it's a loud cowbell. In case anybody was wondering, and Johnson, what's your buzzer? Cheese it, cheese it. All right. So we're going to cheese it or our cheese it bowl discussion. I'm going to go cheese it. All right, here we go. Final bluff. College football game day started in 1987 with Tim Brando hosting in the ESPN studios. Who were the two other commentators that worked with him 
on the college football game day back then? Was it Craig James and Lou Holtz, Brent Musburger and Chris Fowler, Lee Corso and Bino Cook, or Bob Carpenter and Bobby Bowden? Scooty gets in before Johnson. I am going to go with Lee Corso and Bino Cook. That's correct. Scooty gets the win this week. Yeah, baby. Nice. So that was correct. Lee Corso has been on game day since day one. Didn't even miss this weekend. He was doing it from his lanai down in Florida. That was nice for him. Scoot takes the win. I didn't know that Bino was on game day that early. Very first Bino was game on day. game day. My, I feel like Bino was like a CBS guy or something, but I guess not. While working there, I came across a lot of funny like outtakes from Bino where yeah. he like kind of loses his mind, you know, based like the prompter's <laughs> wrong or he starts just rattling off stupid stuff or whatever. Well, Bino so he, always felt kind of like a loose cannon anyway. He, yeah, and he would get like ticked off kind of, you know, he, it was funny stuff. But uh, yeah, I, so I knew Bino was a part of it. I just, and I figured Lee Corso was as well. Well, congrats, Scoot, coming back. Johnson, you now have a, now have a lead of nine to six over Scooty on Bluff the Fluffs. And uh, Scoot, I panned it a little bit for you. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I needed it badly. No Next week, macaroni and cheese is the topic. Uh, if the price is right. Oh, I'm sure. on. It will. Be. I got that too. You listen, you, you're my <laughs> no, wheelhouse. No, I meant if you gave me money. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I thought you wanted to go with that as a topic. <laughs> Scoot wants to actually play the prices. Right? Yeah. Plinko. What is Plinko? All right. Well, listen, guys, let's, let's take a quick break and come back with everybody's favorite new segment on got your ears on i can't believe my ears don't go anywhere you're listening to got your ears on tactical legion knives a west virginia owned and operated company that specializes in heavy duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior the weekend warrior and the outdoor warrior our products are built tough for who for warriors Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. All right, welcome back to Got Your Ears on Guido along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, check out our website, Got Your Ears on dot com it's kind of like the hub of everything about us and johnson exciting news this week about our website yeah we do have some exciting news guido so while you're on got your ears on dot com you can also check out the new links to guido our store you can buy some got your ears on merch you can support the show buy some merch so click on the link it'll take you to the store and uh we're kind of still getting stuff added to it but you can start to check out the stuff you can uh stuff you can buy for for uh show merch we have some handsome offerings for men and ladies definitely yeah get yourself a a lot of cool stuff a lot of cool stuff on there check it out so um and as always you know show notes will be posted for this week with all the links of stuff we talked about if you haven't checked it out before um and there's a link to just listen to the show right there on the site so check it out definitely and if you haven't yet get on there and check out we've got some pretty sweet uh wv 
West Virginia logoed shirts with our logo on it and the state. I love Johnson and I are suckers for anything with the state. Anything on. with the state on it, I'm I'm uh, the, sh- I'm the in. shape of West Virginia. Yeah, is just, I, I'm in. Yeah. So you guys should really check it out. There's some cool some cool stuff. We're excited about it. Yeah, check it out. Got your ears on. Dot com. As always, we like to have this segment where Scoot brings something to us that is nonsensical, and we like to call it, I can't believe my ears. What do you got for us this week, Scoot? Well, this week I've got two items. One is sports related. Ooh. One is food related. One for each ear. <laughs> That's right. One for, one each, for ear. each ear. The first one will go with sports. Okay. 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 Uh, the three of us are baseball fans. Yes. Yes. Very much. Um, Although I had pain this week, yes. Scoot. Yes. Yeah. Matt Chapman is uh he gone. Yeah, the A's, the A's starting third third base slugger is out. Yeah, brown hair. Season. Brown hair's out. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, um the Philadelphia Phillies have a pitcher named Zach Wheeler. Are you familiar with this uh this young fellow? Yeah, he used to pitch for the Mets. Yeah, he used to pitch yep. for the yeah, Mets, was... signed a big contract over the winter with the Phillies. Yep. Well, he got scratched from his last start. Okay. Okay. Because of a hand injury. All right. Okay. Never good for a pitcher. Sounds important yeah. for a pitcher. Yeah. Injured the middle kind finger of... on his right hand. Oh. Okay. You okay. know how? I'm afraid to ask. Putting on his pants. <laughs> Putting on his pants. He injured his middle finger. Um, Joe Girardi. Like, like caught in a zipper or? We don't have the details on that, but uh, it was an accident while dressing himself Wednesday. <laughs> Uh, Joe Girardi says, you can't make this up. It's very sore, is what he says. Uh, Scoot, Scoot, have you ever injured yourself putting on pants? I mean, I think the zipper has gotten me before. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, other than... That no, but I was also probably seven at the time. Like so, I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, okay. right. I mean, a multi-million-dollar pro athlete, someone who is at the top, the height of his craft, gets injured putting on yeah. something that every person in the world does. Putting on some pants. Is he? Uh, you think? What do you think the problem is? You think he is two legs at a time, guy? I don't know. Like what? I mean, do you think Maybe they were skinny jeans? Like no, you know those old commercials where. People would do a stunt where like two people held the pants and then one guy oh, came to in jump and like, in, like, jumped like, on yeah. a trampoline and yeah, then tried yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was I that. Don't Maybe know. it was doing that. I mean, uh, it's very did, odd. Did Joe Girardi uh, give us indication of uh, what kind of pants they were? Like, were these shorts? No, I don't know. Were these I like don't, chinos? I don't know. Like, maybe, what, maybe jorts. Perhaps he was. Maybe they yeah. were jorts. Maybe perhaps he was trying to get corduroys. himself into some corduroys. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Who knows. Uh, they could have been um, overalls. I mean, wouldn't it look bad if he got this injury while trying to put on like sweatpants? So like got his finger all accidentally tied up in the in the in the little drawstring there. Or well, like it, the string went up into you know like how you accidentally pull the drawstring too far and now, uh, now I got to work so it back through. So he was trying to fish and, the string oh, yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was trying to, he's fishing maybe, the string through and maybe he poked his finger or something. Pay, I don't. Yeah, with the with like that plastic stuff that always falls off the end yeah. of the drawstring. And, and got up underneath the. This feels like such a Mets thing to me. Not you know I know he's been traded, but it feels like he's bringing some Mets. He brought some <laughs> of the Mets, the Mets mojo. Bad juju you yeah. with him yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> all right well so that's that's an interesting sports ear okay. earful yep now let's go near and dear to our hearts food okay okay food. Mm. there is a company a gambling website that is offering five hundred dollars to a winning applicant who is willing to serve as a professional cheeseburger tester okay well, 
Okay. Where do I sign up? You. Uh, this feels like a pretty good game. It's bonusfinder.com. Yeah. Which is based, based in Amsterdam. Yeah. Seeking a cheeseburger taster to find the best burger in the United States. Wait, so a, a company in Amsterdam yes. is trying to find the best burger in the States? Yes. Okay. And uh, you are to grade them based on patty texture. Patty texture. Patty seasoning. Okay. Bun softness, bun taste, the complexity of flavors used, relish and or sauce taste cheese flavor and creaminess and <laughs> value for money and quality of the ingredients this reads so obviously like people who don't know anything about cheeseburgers asking for a cheeseburger test taster it does. does it not it does. Yeah, oh, relish like, i want to know how is the how, how how's the creaminess of yes. your cheese <laughs> <laughs> the winner will receive five hundred dollars Ooh. As well as the funds for travel and to purchase the cheeseburgers, the applicant okay. is instructed to taste and review. So, so, so Scoot, couple, again, leading us down a kind of a dark road here. Let's let's first talk about one of the one of the key criteria, which is the softness of the bun. Yeah, are you, do you when you have a cheeseburger, a nice tasty cheeseburger, like? Are you concerned about how soft the bun is? No. My only concern with the bun is obviously you don't want a stale bun. I mean, that that no. would be the that, – that is pretty much where I leave my bun thoughts. But are you looking – so you're not looking for like a brioche or like some kind of no, fancy schmancy. I mean, I think if, if you were to ask me, I'd like my bun toasted and I'd like it <laughs> – uh, I could do with sesame seeds or without Okay. Oh yeah. No, wait. The, with with sesame seeds. Either way, I can do either way. Absolutely. There's. It's not a bun. It's not a hamburger bun unless it has sesame I seeds. I don't hold a strong, like I'm more skewed. I can go either way. Like, oh come on. Now, don't give me any of that poppy jazz. I don't want none of those poppy seeds. No, I don't wanna, I'm with you. I don't want to fail any tests or anything weird because i've been eating poppy seeds but now scoot i'm gonna want a bunch of <laughs> topping like i'm i want yeah see this is like this lettuce, is my onions, problem. pickles this is the problem i want a bunch of stuff on there if, if I'm we're grading gonna... burgers if we're grading cheeseburgers right you've got to come in and i hate to say this i'm going to steal a little bit of what dave portnoy does right you've got to have a control right so the control he has is cheese pizza right so if he gets right. pizzas with all different toppings it's going to definitely skew the way you rate these well that's a good piece so, so good what's point. on your what's on your cheeseburger scoot for me if you're gonna have just a cheeseburger it's got to be burger cheese ketchup mustard. no onion no i mean i'll eat it with onion but i'm not like i'm not seeking out onion i'm not asking someone to put onion on it you're saying the control has to be ketchup mustard i mean and at, that's it i mean ketchup really is probably a better no idea pickle? no 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 pickles are gross <laughs> Pickles are gross. Yeah, pickles are gross. No, yeah. I mean, nobody Johnson, are gross. Yeah. Again. Johnson, do you feel like you would have, uh, would, you would be better at cheeseburger tasting than Scoot? Or do you think Scoot has the upper hand? Without a doubt. Oh my God. Are you crazy? You would be. I mean. Uh, this is a guy, he's so anti-cheese. Like, well, let me ask he's you not this. even allowed in Wisconsin because of his stance <laughs> on cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Scooty. Out of out of ten, so out of ten cheese, out of, out of ten times you order a burger, how many times do they have cheese? Every ten, eleven, Every time. eleven 10 out, out of ten. 10. 
11 out of 10. <laughs> He's getting doubles one time. Johnson, what about you? Out of every 10 burgers you order, how many have cheese on them? Uh, maybe four. This is what you maybe want this guy four. grating your cheeseburgers? You want, who, why would it, so why do you, you eat a burger with no cheese on it? Yeah, because uh, I put a lot of other, I put a lot of other stuff on it. So to I hide the taste of the burger. A, what other stuff? What other stuff is on the burger? I go like lettuce, pickle, sometimes onion, depending on if it's like onion ringed or like if it's it's the oh my god like the reconstituted little onion things at mcdonald's i don't want that jazz but uh, you know like i want that kind of stuff on there before johnson cheese. I, have a, I have a question for you johnson oh boy this is a serious question have you ever gone to a restaurant like a nice restaurant not like a mcdonald's like a like a decent restaurant and ordered a turkey burger no come on let's not get okay crazy. i I'm feel just sure. i feel but johnson if I go to five guys i'll order like what i just described to you with now without cheese without cheese. i feel like johnson is the guy they want for this survey i feel like he is the guy like this guy that he sort of knows what a cheeseburger should taste like, so he's going to be the one doing all the grading. Sort of. Listen, man, sort of. Wouldn't you want a professional 10? cheeseburger taster? That's me. That is me. But the wording of this ad is worded for people like Johnson. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Like, I'm not thinking about softness of bun, like you said. I'm not thinking of, uh, what was the other, some texture of complexity <laughs> of flavors. Come on. You're what certainly we... thinking of creaminess of cheese, though. No, I'm not creaminess. I'm thinking of I don't think the... I ever think of creaminess. I'm of you cheese. Think of creaminess I mean... of cheese on your burger? You know what that case... makes me think of, though? That makes me think of, this person thinks that someone puts, like, cheese whiz on their burger. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, for me, it's American, or it's cheddar, or it's something like that. Maybe a Monterey cheddar, or a Colby or something like you're putting some kind of different cheese on maybe you could do that but you're certainly not checking the creaminess of the cheese now johnson you've been you've actually traveled to the netherlands before yeah many many you, times. you are you are we would say that's why this doesn't us, surprise me it sounds you're, so you're dutch the, to me yeah right as i say you you know the dutch better than because first than of the, all they like there's there's one thing you're not gonna get in the, at least in my trips to the Netherlands, is a cheeseburger. Like they don't have cheese. That's what I was gonna ask. They don't I have don't, cheeseburgers there. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're somewhere, but it's not like something you're like, oh yeah, there's another cheeseburger joint. No, that's no. So what do you is the is their ultimate goal to uh, to find the best and then bring it back? Yeah, I wonder what the goal of this is, Scoot. I don't know. Are they trying to steal somebody's recipe? Right, I think so. I, I think so. Cheeseburgers are American. Let's keep American. Them in America. They're American. Look here, Dutch. These are American burgers. Don't you be taking my cheeseburger. <laughs> I I just I don't know that the five hundred dollars is worth it. That's not it's a, a lot slap of money in the face. Too. Yeah, for right. cheeseburger lovers. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, how long is this going to take? Scoot like, takes if offense. you were to have to be the cheeseburger tester Think for the Dutch, like how long would it take? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty. That's a time well, commitment. This is like a year long project. It sounds yeah, like they commitment. send you places, right? So we're gonna pay for your travel. Oh, we're not gonna give you any kind of real money. We're gonna give you five hundred dollars. <laughs> you gotta go to California and taste this we'll burger. Pay Here's for your travel, but like you <laughs> might. Scoot, would re- Scoot, you should take this. 
And then essentially what you return, you would return to them is like the best cheeseburger in like Wetzel County. I could give them a firm. I banked answer. $450 and I told them that the Hardee's on Main Street has the best like, cheeseburger. Are they going to force you know? to go to fast food restaurants? Is that what they want you to Man, do? I mean, it's. I would think so. I would think so. Oh, well. What was the name of that website again? Just in case, uh, you know, one of our that ama- is Bonus Finder, bonusfinder.com. So just so our listeners can go and apply yeah, for check this that job. Out. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure with our listener base, there's definitely some cheese. There is also here. for our Canadian friends a uh, an opportunity to be the Canada's top cheeseburger finder. Oh yeah. yes, they don't have cheeseburgers in Canada. Do I they? mean, I don't they know. They put like they put ham on, and they put slices of ham. I can on tell you this because it's Canadian. The buns are upside down, <laughs> which is really annoying. But <laughs> that's how Canadians do that. that. That's, that's always like the that's same, kinda, but a little bit different. They put it on regular. It's kind of how I viewed bread. Apple and uh, Microsoft. I've been I've been a little bit ticked at Canada ever since I went on that business trip and the lady told me I look like John Ritter. So that keeps me that that would keep me from participating in Come that. on knock on our door. Take a step John, that is new. Johnson is our official uh Canada hater. On our, I, mean, I wouldn't on say podcast. hate, but it put him on my list. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> put him on your list. You don't want to be on Johnson's list. That's a that's a pretty bad list to be on, guys. Well, who else is on that list, Johnson? I don't know. Other... Actually, I just I'll have to reference it to get back. Like, I actually don't know off the dome piece. But... Canada and the Western Panhandle of Virginia. That's that's those are the two places that. <laughs> <laughs> or on Johnson's list. He hates that Danville, Virginia. Is that where that Danville is? I'm not. Withville? He doesn't like Withville? I like it um, when people put that in front of that. random things. He hates, he hates that. He hates that Blacksburg, Virginia. All right, guys. Well, listen. Great show this week. We're excited. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll do a little bit of Oklahoma State preview. They're playing uh, West Virginia on the 26th in Stillwater. So we got a week off, and then we'll be back with some more football talk. But it was fun to talk about football. In the meantime, check out the website. Check out the new merch. Definitely. Definitely, definitely check it out. So WVU is 1-0 for the season with a win over Eastern Kentucky University. Very happy about that. Everybody, thanks for listening. Don't forget, check us out on the social medias at Got Your Ears. You can also find our website, gotyourearson.com, where you can now buy official Got Your Ears On merchandise. So check it out. Appreciate everybody listening. Don't forget to listen, like, and subscribe. Tell all your friends about us. We'll be back next week with another show. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. Got Your Ears On.